Welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Oh no, what's that coming from the sky? I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? I'm a really bad person. It's some sort of escape pod. Pull that record. We're done. Abort. God, what are these weird creatures stepping out of the tube? Oh no. And welcome to another episode of For What It's Worth. My name is Rue, and I am here today with my esteemed, esteemed, and most amazing Canadian host, Nuka. Hello. It's, it's a but pleasure not only to be a- Nuka. I also have Click, the most amazing yote that you would ever find in the whole entire world. But But not not only that, we also have Voss, who is the most amazing swimmer that I've ever met. I try. I'm not esteemed, (laughs) though. I'm a fried. You're a fried? (laughs) I'm starting to feel like you're just calling everyone uh, most esteemed and amazing, and I feel like you're starting to wear it out. Like, it doesn't mean anything anymore if everyone's amazing. It loses well, value. <laughs> you are our esteemed listener. Thank you for listening to for what... Okay, now everybody's... It's a lie. There, this episode is not going to be called the esteemed episode. <laughs> but we are going to be talking about... Um, a little bit about um, how to know when to turn off furry and how not to turn in furry. We're going to be talking about the furry switch. And how to turn it on and off. But before we get into that, let's do um, like what everybody's been up to. So let's start with Nuka. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, no big deal, I guess. Just uh, bought a house. So I think before I, uh, I might have mentioned uh, that I was looking for a house, um, I, I put some offers down. They were rejected. But I finally got it. It took over a month of searching, but I finally got it. The offer was locked in. Um, and yeah, it's it's... It's terrifying, <laughs> but uh, I, I move in like less than a month. I, I'm still staying in the city where I'm in. I'm just moving to an actual house and I'm scared and excited and gassy and so many things <laughs> going through me right now. Uh, Rue, Rue. <laughs> yes. I think that deserves the clap for him. All right. Yes, I agree. Right? We haven't done the clap for a long time. I know. That's why I'm bringing it back. I'm old school. That's, that's awesome. I, I don't even know if everybody knows what the clap is. Well, but, they're going to find out real quick. They will. Okay. All right. Well, one, two, three. There you go. There you go. I got the clap. You, you're a homeowner. <laughs> you got the clap. And it feels great. Oh, and then uh, I don't know when this episode is going to be aired, but on the off chance that it's aired before this, uh, I'll be going to Furry Fiesta, uh, Texas Furry Fiesta in Dallas. So if you are kicking around the Dallas region, um, it's, it's coming up pretty quick, mid-March. Uh, but you'll see me there running around, throwing out surveys and uh, running werewolf games. So come say hi if you see me there. Oh, so <laughs> werewolf games, huh? Yes. I I, I like I like running werewolf the, the game werewolf the, like night night in Sa- or town of Salem one where mm-hmm. it's like if the lynch person every night trying to find a werewolf. And yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorite things to do at cons and very uh, fiesta. I often run games there, so. <laughs> when I'm not being a researcher during the day, by night I am 
uh, lynching counts for the people looking for werewolves. Researcher by day, werewolf DM by Exactly. (laughs) Click, what have you been up to? Not a damn thing. Hey, you know what? Sometimes that's the best thing. It's just not being up to anything. No news is good news. More work. Voss, what have you been up to? Uh, same about the about work. Uh, going on and playing games with the forest, sons of the forest, with you, with Ruth and Click, and going and dying and screaming about cannibals a lot as they try to <laughs> murder us with fingers <laughs> and all sorts of weird mutant things. That's been a lot so, of fun. So, what is Sons of the Forest? Uh, it is a survival crafting kind of game where you're on an island full of cannibals and mutants and they kind of will try to murder you to put it lightly and eat you and there's lots of clans lots of different ones a whole story to go along with it and we're Rue and I and everyone we just trying to survive Rue's going around with a golf club I am I'm running around with a golf club let me tell you my swing has never been better (laughs) He's got some pretty good hits. <laughs> and and then we found this lovely lady who I who has like a third hand and a third leg. Oh my gosh. And I so entrusted funny. her with my pistol. And that sounds so sexual. But anyways, she has a has a gun that she runs around um that she puts on top of her head, her third hand, and she she runs around like a western um, person goes around and just shoots everything. It's, it's, it's really weird because she tries to be like really friendly to you by bringing you gifts, but she runs at you with a gun in the air as she's bringing you gifts, and it just does not look right. <laughs> that sounds like the most American thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Running at you with with a gun while trying to be friendly. <laughs> Merka. Yeah. Well, that's basically what I've been up to. Is just lots and lots of online games we've we did finish grounded i think i mentioned that last time but yeah we finished uh sons of the forest or not finished we're starting sons of the forest and that's super fun to be able to survive with your friends and um just having a bunch of fun little hilarious things that 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 happen um but and then i've been working which is you know work is work it's super busy, um, super stressful, uh, especially this time of the year for some reason. Um, it's just, yeah, I think it's for everybody, though. Um, it's just been super, a lot more stressful than normal for some reason. So, anywho. In, in all that stress, have you been making sure to eat brew? Uh, you know, sometimes I remember to, to eat once in a while, and... Um, I actually got another fortune. Ah. So let me share that with you. A temptation. Oh, wait. <clears throat> a tempting proposal will soon present itself in bed with a cookie. It's probably a fox. <laughs>
All right. So here we are. Next episode. Next topic. Just kidding. That Wait, that was our opening, wasn't it? <laughs> well, hey. So we have a, an email that was sent in from uh, Fox, Fox Espresso. Uh, will you go ahead and read that for us, Nico? Yeah, I think it does a really good job introducing the topic today. So let's uh, let's jump into it. So it's, uh, hi for what it's worth. Long time, no right. I've been in the fandom for over 12 years now and had some experiences on furry situational appropriateness. Bear in mind, this is from someone who has recently fursuited in a class airplane cabin on multiple occasions, or has fursuited in a first class airplane cabin on multiple occasions. Besides that, personally, I feel like the best way to know when to know when to show one's furriness is to read the room. I do try to sneak subtle hints. My workplace icon and desktop background is an actual red fox, and I have a fox patterned coffee mug. But never would I dare to bring my first suit into the office, though I've entertained the idea for Halloween. It's good to be tasteful, like wearing a furry muzzle face covering or a camp howl jacket in public. I've seen plenty of those around my city, and it's a nice subtle nod. Or sometimes it can be an awkward nod, like uh, seeing someone wearing a bad dragon hoodie at Disney World. I can only imagine the reactions of those who know, but are unable to say anything out loud. However, suiting in public, in my opinion, should be done in groups, and depending on the location, prior contact with the venue for permission, if not in a public park. As for my suiting on a plane, I just have a partial, and it's mostly 20 seconds of video footage, or just for boarding uh, for the delight of the passengers, the head stays off otherwise. If someone does ask about the fur meat that's happening, you know the question, what's with all these animals? It's best to just be casual and mention it's people expressing arts or such. One story that sticks out after all these years was someone at a furry bowl responding to a kind, gentle woman, asking that question by yelling out at the fullest volume, we are furries and we live here. Yeah, be more tactful than that, please. Anyways, not sure what I'm saying, but hopefully this helps contribute well to the topic. Until next time, Foxpresso. <laughs> well, Nuka, you're the reader, so you get to be the first responder. But before we uh, get to the response, um, if you don't know what we're talking about today, we're talking about when to be or not to be a furry or the furry switch. So going back to the email, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually really liked it because there's this, this recognition that um, the, fir the first piece of advice, the, the read the room, I think that's, you, I mean, you could end the episode with that in some ways, um, because a whole part of it is is realizing that, uh, you know, furry for you is, is, is your hobby. Furry is an interest, a passion for you. Uh, realize that might not be the case for a lot of folks, especially given that there are some misconceptions people have about what furry is. Um, a lot of folks just kind of want to go on with their day and, and not, uh, not, have something thrown at them that they're not expecting. And so if you're uh, not careful, what seems to you like a good time and, and kind of fun and, and goofiness might uh, might be sort of throwing off another person's day or making them uncomfortable or imposing in some way. So I thought it was kind of nice to suggest read the room. Uh, there's a lot of things in there that actually I wanted to bring up today uh, in this conversation, everything from covert expression of furriness to, um, you know, uh, doing, you know, putting on the fursuit head on a plane to kind of get some chuckles out of people versus the weirdness of, of the bad dragon stickers. So I think we'll get into all of those today, but uh, I guess I'll throw it to the room. What does everyone else think about the, uh, the email? Rue, what do you think? 
you know, I think that I think that sometimes we all go through stages in the fandom. And I think that some people, they find their, their particular identity and they're like, yeah, they want to like stand on top of a table and shout to the world, this is who I am. And it's like some of us first that have been part of it for a very long time, we're kind of like, yeah, <laughs> we are, we are part of this. And, but we're a little bit lower key because we've kind of figured out, um, you know, when it's okay and when it's not, when, when to turn down the level a little you bit. You just want to pat him in the head um, and say, oh, sweetheart, I remember my first I remember convention. when I was there. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> uh, Click, what was your thoughts with the email? Um, I think Nuka pretty much hit it on the head. This is a, it's a really good email. Um, it really sums up what we're going to talk about. I mean, it, he kind of hit a lot of good points and, and hit him well. You know, uh, like Nuka said, you know, it's 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 a delicate balance, especially when you're starting out, you know, as said, it, that, that balance becomes a lot more delicate because you don't really, you don't understand the difference, I guess. I don't know what I'm really trying to say, but it, it, kind of like Rue said, you, you're, you just want everybody to know and... It's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to gauge when you're brand new and you don't have somebody else around that's been in the fandom for a while to kind of hold your hand and <laughs> tone, dude tone it down just a little. <laughs> well, hey, click. I remember, and some of our listeners might remember from some of the the really really old episodes. I remember uh, on one of the shows you shared um, what is in your toolbox. Um, has that changed at all? And can you remind the listeners what I'm talking about? Um, I don't remember. I know I've got a couple <laughs> magnets. You know, I've got furry magnets. Um, uh, art, you know, uh, simple, safe-for-work art, of course. Um, I don't do stickers on toolboxes. It's just not my thing. But if I did, I would probably have furry stickers on my toolbox. You know, I I don't worry too much about it. You know, I've I've ended up wearing part parts of my fursuit to work, but that was a very specific situation. We were basically at a fur meet, and I didn't have time to change out of everything, and had to stop by the shop to grab something. So I was still wearing like my legs and feet. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a coyote uh cent was a centaur singer no. singer Yeah <laughs> Well sorry the to go off topic for a second Voss uh what was your thoughts on the topic or on the um the email I thought it was pretty good and it's kind of emblematic of what everyone's thinking about uh when to be furry when not to uh it's always it's always funny to watch people suit up on planes. There's tons of pictures. Everyone does them. And then you're just going back and thinking about, uh, yeah, Halloween. Who doesn't dress up in their suit for Halloween? It seems kind of like a, a, a normal requirement thing. It's the one day you can get so, away with being furry exactly. anywhere. Yeah. 
that will be the day, right? <laughs> so, Nuka, talk talk a little bit. Um, I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about compartmentalization. I I know what compartmentalization is. It's basically the division of something into sections or categories. Um, basically, being able to go and and bake, basically compartmentalizing your your life. So. Like, for example, things that happen at work, sometimes you want them to stay at work, right? You don't go home and and tell everybody about um, what happened at work. Um, you, sometimes you keep you have to keep that stuff separate, separate so, from your regular I, regular life in order for you to be able to um, be able to to function as a as a productive member of society can you talk a little bit about compartmentalization well, i've got oh, real quick um i think mm -hmm. a good explanation because basically you said compartmentalization is compartmentalizing your life which <laughs> so Using the so, definition and the yeah. right so basically what you're yeah. doing is you're creating different compartments of your life and putting certain sections of your life in each compartment that's what compartmentalization is Thank you. That's a much better definition. Yeah. And so like there's, there's, it's, the term gets used a lot in psychology, especially in things like clinical psychology, when you talk about, uh, you know, someone's been through something traumatic, they might sort of box off or wall off that part of their life and try to like keep it in a separate area so that it doesn't intrude on the rest of their life. And even though that's kind of a clinical application for it, um, the, the, the principle at least is kind of the same, right? Is, is it sort of putting up walls or separating off um, mentally different components of your life so that there's no bleed over between them, right? So the opposite of a compartmentalized life, if you, if you sort of let everything bleed into everything, um, is a little bit chaotic, right? So you can imagine, for example, you act around your, your work buddies the same way you act around your parents, the same way you act around your teachers, the same way you act around the the members of the clergy, the same way, you know, you realize very quickly that this this could be a little bit ugly, it could be a little bit messy, right? Um, in, in my own field, I'm not a clinical psychologist, but in social psychology, there's a theory called social identity theory, which says that um, you, you are made up of a lot of different versions of you. You wear a lot of different hats, so to speak, right? So there's, uh, you know, Dr. Courtney Plants, the professor. There's Nuka, the furry. There's uh, Nuka, the roommate. There's, you know, Courtney, the son of his parents and, you know, sibling and brother. And in all those different contexts, there are rules, there are expectations, there are mannerisms sort of guiding my behavior, right? So when I'm Dr. Plant, the, the professor, right, I, I will use different mannerisms. There's a different set of rules and expectations guiding my behaviors. There's different values and principles I'm trying to uphold when I'm in the classroom, right? Very different from when I'm hanging out with my friends and we're, you know, uh, playing video games and smack talking each other, right? So... Uh, yeah, the idea is that there's some utility to be had in, 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 you know, mentally separating those things in order to, you know, just pragmatically speaking, right? You don't want to, uh, you know, if I started just, just, you know, making yiff jokes in the middle of a class that I'm trying to teach, uh, that's grounds for, for getting me brought up on some disciplinary charges, or at very least, you know, it's going to certainly tank my evaluations. So there's utility to be had in being able to, to separate that. And I think to some extent, all furries do this, not just furries, but everyone in general does this in their life. It's a matter of to what extent 
when do we decide when those lines are right so it you know we can separate a professional life from our hobbies but like where do we draw that line right i imagine that for each of us that's probably a little bit different right or in other words reading the room right to some extent yeah basically nuka are you saying you don't greet every student that comes in with an awoo (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, welcome to my quest womb that actually brings up a really oh, good no. point because s- since becoming a furry right furries are very tactile people hugs are huge in the fandom right it, <laughs> i've i have become a hugger so it's it's i have to stop myself yeah you know in certain places because you know, not everybody likes hugs, and it's not appropriate everywhere. But you know, in the fandom, all my friends and everybody that I, you know, friends and and fandom, it's fine. But yeah, the it just reminded me of it that the hugs is is a big thing that I have to consciously remind myself that that's <laughs> that's something that needs to be separated. I've had that happen to me before, but normally that happens to me when I'm first sitting. So when I'm fursuiting, I act like a certain character. And then when I take the suit off, sometimes for that limited amount of time, I'm still in suit and still in character. (laughs) And there's been times that I've went by and waved really weirdly at a random stranger. Like, what the hell is up with this guy? Yeah, I've... I reached out to like hug somebody that I don't even know, and I'm like, "Oh, oh no!" Right. I'm a normal person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> well, a really good example of of like what happens when you don't compartmentalize, or if you're if you're ineffective at doing so. Have you ever had the experience? I'm going to try to. Have you ever had the experience where like two of your worlds kind of unexpectedly clash? Like you're. You know, for me, it would be I'm out with my friends and, you know, we're, we're, we're goofing around and stuff. And like I'm in the supermarket with them and like one of my students comes down the aisle. I'm like, oh, and they're like, hi, hey, Dr. Plants. And there's that moment of like sheer terror that hits you like shit. Like which which hat do I yeah, put which, on? Which way do like, I go like, with I, this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And or if like maybe you're 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 in the same room with like your parents and like your one of your good friends and you're like uh, or your parents you know, come into your workplace or something. Has anyone ever had that happen before where two worlds unexpectedly collide and you're kind of stuck in the middle and everyone's looking at you to act a certain way. And like, these are incompatible for me. (laughs) I have uh, an example and I'm going to share it, but maybe this will be an example that will get edited out because it is really, really, really strange and really weird. But as you guys know, you guys have learned a little bit about ladies night and uh, about the hot tub meets that I have once in a while and about the furry clubhouse Well, a long time ago, I was working with uh, certain individuals and helping them find employment and find jobs. Um, And I was working with individuals that had disabilities for a period of time. That was my job. And, um, you know, I had a meet. I had fun. I hung out with some some people. I met this, this one new guy. And then all of a sudden, then um, probably about a month or so goes by and I have a brand new customer. And that customer was that guy that I met and they assigned it to me to make sure to help that individual find a job. Oh, boy. So 
that was super, super awkward and how the, our worlds kind of collided. <laughs> so that's a, that's a perfect example of something that has happened to me. And that was super, super embarrassing, let me tell you. But uh, honestly, um, you know, to, to some people, they would probably be like, well, you probably shouldn't have serviced that person. And to be fair, I shouldn't have. But I knew enough about this individual that I was able to help them and able to help them to, to be able to find a very successful job. So there was a good story to that. Now, of course, there was this one thing that we knew between each other that I, I had to put a lot of trust out there. Um, and, and maybe that was something that I didn't do very well. That's probably a bad example of how Rue failed at compartmentalizing. But I think that it, in the end, it ended up working out. So well, I get that, too. I mean, for one example, for, for me, is I think we've said it before, but Click and I work together at the same place, and it's constantly mm. a struggle. You're sleeping with your coworker? Sleeping with his boss. <gasps> it's even worse. <laughs> and You're his boss? Yeah. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets it's just it's always a constant struggle because I'll want to go in there and then I separate my life and furry life very well and but then I get there and then I have to go oh hi cl wait not click no real name sorry yeah, in front switched, of everybody switched, yeah. and it's, <laughs> I have to constantly fight that battle and then combined with my own name is just I've been doing the in the fandom for so long that when someone calls me my real name it takes me a second I've had that happen before as well. Like I have worked with, um, work with furries and worked with friends. Um, and, and it was so, it's so difficult to, to walk into a room and be like, hello, um, William, just throwing out a name out yeah. there versus yeah. like, takes you, takes you a second to remember. Wait, what's your name? <laughs> I, um, I ran into something like this, uh, years ago when I was, uh, going for my doctoral dissertation. So if you don't know, part of, of becoming a doctor is at the end of your five years of doing coursework and such, you have to defend it, which means that there's one day where they pick out and it's like a three hour defense where for three hours, uh, you basically face a firing squad of professionals. Like, so all, all these professionals in the field line up in front of you and just start lobbing questions at you. And you have to be on the ball for like three hours. And at the end of that, like you, you leave the room and they decide in the room whether to make you a doctor and you come and it's like the, it's, it is the most, uh, stress-inducing time of your life because you're like either I'm going to go to bed tonight a doctor or not and you don't know until you're done so for moral support it's not uncommon sometimes for doctoral students to like invite you know some people to sort of be in the room with them there during their presentation to kind of give moral support well uh, at the time it seemed like a good idea like I'm gonna invite some 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 bronies and some furries and you know, some past students, you know, all, all in this room at once. And so in this room, I've got professors in full suit and tie about to decide if I'm going to become a doctor. So I've got, I've got professional Nuka is suddenly showing through, right? Doctoral candidate is sitting there. But right behind them, I've got bronies holding brony plushies. And I've got, you know, furries oh, no. and stuff. And I've got, I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? And, oh, and I'm no. like, oh, this is this is the worst idea ever. I've got this huge cultural clash going on where I'm like, there's about five different sets of people who are all expecting me to act in one way right now. And that is not going to happen. 
Oh, well, everybody no. has every, like that. That's the the one mistake, right? Because I <laughs> I decided so you know we're Voss and I are are mechanics. We're truck mechanics, right? It, it's a very conservative industry, right? There's not a whole lot of furries in this in the mechanic industry. There are a few. I know several, but it's it's. It's a very conservative leaning industry, right? So I decided, you know, it was a previous employer, but, uh, and I was a fairly new furry. I decided I'm going to wear a collar and a tail to the Christmas party. That, <laughs> you know, and that's, <laughs> yeah, it, same thing. You know, I've got the mechanic, the mechanic click who's, you know, shop etiquette which is a whole different episode <laughs> you know um but then i decided yeah like i said i'm gonna wear a collar and tail to the christmas party because i don't care i yeah several times i got asked the questions you know did you lose a bet <laughs> <laughs> which is actually part of the best case scenario right if you can sort of pass it off as something kind of lighthearted like that right well actually, that, and most ahead. of the time at at the at that company's Christmas parties, there were several people that actually asked, like, whispers each other, you know, just because of the way I acted at the parties, they were they wondered if I was drunk, you know, just because of the way I acted. So I was off the wall goofy enough that it, it kind of played it off. You kind of passed. Yeah. Right. It... That actually sort of leads very nicely, I think, into sort of one of the one of the topics that's worth bringing up. What are some of the problems that can arise? And we've kind of touched on them a little bit here, um, but we can we can talk a bit about a bit more about some of the more more serious or pragmatic issues that arise. Um, so, for example, uh, you can imagine in a professional setting, so not just for you, what's an inconvenience for for you, right? Like that, you know, we've been saying, oh, this is kind of weird with my coworkers or whatnot. But you can imagine if you're working for an organization. They might have, you know, there might be a reason why you don't bring the fursuit to work, right? In terms of um, fear for your job or fear how you might be perceived. You can imagine, for example, I'm going to say this knowing full well that Boozy Badger exists, uh, but you can imagine being a lawyer, right? Um, it's entirely possible that you may never want your your clients or anyone else to know that you're a furry for fear that might undermine their confidence in you, right? It, you know, you you know, certainly if you're your lawyer is going to go representing you uh, in the courtroom and they have to stand in front of you in front of a, a jury and try to convince them that you're innocent. Wait, wait, wait. You mean you don't want a fursuiter to to be like to to show up in the operating room and put on these great big huge gloves on <laughs> and like have the tools and getting close to you or maybe like a dentist that's doing that? Like why not? Wouldn't it be fun? <laughs> it, well, and then that's just the thing, right? Like it, it, it's to you, it's fun, but and, I mean, and it's a time and a place for it, right? Like, you know, certainly uh, in most of my day-to-day -day life, you know, I, I'm a very happy-go-lucky, jovial person, but there are times and moments, right? Where you don't necessarily, you know, and, and for us, we can say furry, you know, we're, we're biased to like furries because we are furry, but pick something that, let's say, we, I'm going to talk about, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a juggalo. We're going to say a, a, an ICP fan, a juggalo, right? And <laughs> You know, you're, this guy's going to be your, your surgeon. This guy's going to go digging into you. And you want him, like, uh, just before he's about to walk in, you know, he's dressed in full juggalo regalia. He's got the face paint on. He's got a uh, Jekyll Brothers t-shirt. And he's, uh, 
you know, drinking a, a Fago and like, yeah, I'm down with the clowns. And like, this guy's supposed to cut me open. And of course, you know, the, the, there's, there's no, no reason why a juggalo can't be your surgeon, right? He, he, if he's going to be a surgeon, he's probably perfectly competent. But in that moment, right, party, you want your doctor to be taking this seriously. This is your life on the line. And you, you're hoping that they're going into this with the, with the seriousness that it is for you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the major key that we're trying to say is, we're, we're trying to say is you don't have to turn it off. You just have to turn it down. It's certain situations. It's a lot of perception. Because going through there, going back to the airplane example, what if I was in full fursuit, walked into the cockpit of a plane with everybody sitting in their rows, and I just went in the cockpit, closed it, and all the doors locked and latched, and now everyone saw that furry get into the cockpit, and now we're taking off. How are they going to feel about this? Yeah. or and, And I mean, I'll say from my own experience, too. Uh, when I teach, when I'm a, I'm a university professor, right, I'm, I'm pretty openly furry, right, because I can get away with it because I'm tenured and also because my research is furries. Everyone kind of knows. Even so, I will occasionally get complaints from students who say, you know, I kind of wish my professor would be a little more professional, right? And, you know, I, I think they warm up to me usually by the end, although I still get complaints, but I can't even fault that student. What, for thinking that way. What kind of a stick in the mud bitches about that? Well, uh, but, but, but again, I can't, I mean, if it, let's be serious for a second, right? If you're going to drop $5,000 a semester or whatever it is on, on, on books and university and stuff, you want to feel like you're being taught by the best. And, you know, I certainly don't help the case when I walk in on day one and I'm, I'm dressed like kind of a, a goofy clown. Um, you know, I, I, and I pull up the slides, and I got a My Little Pony picture on the first slide, right? Party is thinking, Christ, did I just waste $1,000 on this class, like, to be taught by some idiot? It, it's all about that perception. <laughs> so, um, let's see. What what are some other things that, do you, do you guys have any other problems that, that you've had that have arised at the workplace? Or maybe some benefits that have happened. I have one. You know, I was um, in a situation where um, at one point in time, I I already shared that I was working with people with disabilities. Well, you know, during the holidays, um, it was very easy for me to be able to slip into suit. Like during Christmas time, they got used to the Christmas fox coming by and I would go by and just give them like little gifts or You know, I would show up there uh, during Halloween. But now with my current job, I don't know if I would be uh, able to do that necessarily. Um, But that was that was a plus that ended up happening is I got to, um, you know, help out at work. Um, So that was a positive that happened. But again, it was a time and place type situation. If I showed up in suit every single day, I think that they would have a problem with that. I had a situation like that. Um, Believe it or not, I used to work at a TV station with another furry who got me that job. And one day, it was was a Friday, and it was just dress how you want kind of day. And he came in in his suit, and then they had a bunch of other furry stuff for it. And it turned out that it was, it was, laughed and everybody had a really good time so much that the management came down and got us both 
behind the news desk. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so we could make videos and goof off. And we spent the day just behind the news desk making fake stories about Fox News. Because it was a Fox furry. <laughs> and it was... And both of you were, you were, you were both in your Fox fursuits, right? Yeah. I was in, I didn't, they gave me a horse mask <laughs> and he was in his fox fursuit and it was, everybody had that and it was a really good time and it kind of, you know, broke the ice for everyone. And then it, from then everyone just kind of relaxed and it was just, yeah, everyone have your thing. Go, go relax, go hang out. Every Friday's a little more casual now. And it's just, you could put up whatever furry stuff you wanted and no one cared anymore. It was just kind of like that one situation that broke the ice and you could just, you know, you can be a little more furry at work there. Um, I'm, I'm a furry today because I kind of, uh, bled a little too, I flew a little too close to the sun and I let my, left my, 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 my furry interests bleed a little too much into other parts of my life. And I got lucky. Um, you, you, I don't know if I told this story before. I'm sure I've told it a few times. For those who don't know, really briefly. Um, when I was an undergrad, right, I was a huge fan of, like, you know, Mewtwo fan arts. And I had a bunch of, like, pinups of furry characters. I didn't know what a furry was at the time. But I had, I was a fan of all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, my, my big cheeky thing to do was to put it as the background on my laptop, right? I'm like, well, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable being this much of a weirdo and liking this stuff. But I put it as a background on my laptop. And as it so happened, one of my group mates in university happens to see my laptop background. He kind of turned his laptop to face mine. And he had a very similar furry background. It's like, oh, you're a furry. I'm like, what the hell's a furry? And he explained it to me. And uh, everything's been history since. But in that moment, right, there was a real dilemma on my part, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm working in group work here. I'm an undergrad student at uh, university. You know, I'm trying to be at least semi taken seriously right you don't you don't want to necessarily be the person in the group where everyone's looking and going oh god this clown this is the guy we're we're partnered up with and so it was it was a, you know i i hadn't intended to let it slip that i was a fan of this stuff and i got kind of lucky that it worked out for me um but for every story like that there are also stories where it doesn't go so well i also tell this story a little bit when i was in graduate school i had a furry pride sticker on my door of my office and for about a year, that was the case. I had the sticker and no one said anything until finally a research assistant came over and said, so I have to ask, does that mean what I think it does? I'm like, well, what do you think it means? He's like, well, doesn't that mean you have sex with animals? And I'm mortified. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, well, who's been saying this? He's like, well, all the research assistants in the department have been saying that for like the last year. And so that, you know, I'm like, okay, well, apparently this is what everyone has been thinking about me for the last year, right? So that was one of those moments where uh, you know, you, you know, uh, a little bit of, 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 you know, tipping your hand just a bit too much. Uh, and apparently, apparently there are rumors floating around about me for like a year at this university that this is what I was announcing to the world. Um, that wasn't great. <laughs> well, that leads, I've had something that, very similar that's happened to me as well. What were you going to well, say? It's just, Sorry. You know, like we were saying, it's, it's perception, you know, what, what we think we're projecting isn't necessarily what the general public perceives because we know, but they don't. And it, that's a, that's a perfect example. Yep. Colors are a really good example. Well, oh, sorry. Sorry. You were going to say something. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say when it comes to the public, sometimes that's why I'm, 
you know, I do keep it fairly general, but I also am fairly specific to them. So if there's some people that walk by and say, what is this? You know, I, I will, you know, share it with terms that they understand, like talk about mascots and different things like that. Um, I won't go into all the nitty nitty gritty details, but I try to share as much as possible versus just saying, oh, it's just because that's who we are, or, you know, give something uh, very general or ignore their question because then they're going to create their own story of what all this is about. Well, they're only exposure to a furries so, that furries are jerks. Right. Well, and that's, that's a, that's a pretty good point is, you know, that's the people that ask just yeah. like Nuka's example. That's the one person that asked and he could explain it. Um, you know, so you, you have to, you have to put things out there with the mindset, um, towards the people who aren't going to ask. They're just going to assume what they want and, and take it and run with it. And they're not going to ask the ones that do ask. Sure. You can explain it. You know, you can tell them exactly, uh, you know, what it's about and, and be specific and, and clear the water, but 90% of the people who see whatever you're putting out there aren't going to ask. I mean, it's such a good, I love that point. You put it better than I ever could. And all I can think of is just for how, how things that seem really obvious to you are not. Uh, I wear a collar in most of my day-to-day -day life. Um, and I'll get about half the time when people see my collar, they'll either assume, oh, it's a furry. They say something, oh, does that mean you're a furry? But just as often, I'll get someone saying, oh, is that a kink BDSM You're in the bondage, thing? yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, and, and to me, it's the most obvious thing in the world. Obviously, I'm a furry, but to other people, they're like, this means something entirely different. It, it, it's being interpreted very differently. Right. So, Nuka, speaking of collars, do you also like leashes? No. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to put it on you and I'm going to drag us to break. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Patreons, you make this happen. Rictus, Lifus, Tenax, Ashton Sergal, Nuka, Bubble Wisp, Chathogriff, Aussie, Black Baldrick, Ligris, Tyre, Ichigo Okami, Guardian Lion, Rivka. Hey there, folks. Do you know what the FCC is? Neither do we. But apparently, they require us to let people know every so often just what the heck they're listening to. We call these little segments where we tell people that they're listening to for what it's worth, I dance, and we need your help to make them more interesting. God knows you don't need to be listening to any more of our voices. So if you've got a good radio voice, or even just an interesting voice, or just a voice, or 
If you want to add your own bit of quirkiness to the show, uh, just send us a recording of you telling folks uh, who you are and that they're listening to for what it's worth. You can email those idents to us directly uh, or send them to us through SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash FWIW. And you might just hear yourself in the next episode. Technology, it's wacky, right? <laughs> All 11 inches. And we're back. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. We have. All right. Uh, actually, I wanted to address some things just uh, before I we went to the break. We were talking a little bit about uh, misconceptions people have about uh, furry and why that might be one of the reasons why you want to maybe bear in mind how it's coming across. <clears throat> I'd mentioned with the caller that, uh, you know, my caller was sort of innocuously misattributed uh, to uh, being something from the BDSM community, right? And that's, I'm perfectly fine with people making that that misconception, right? I got no problems with people in the BDSM community. It doesn't really bother me that people assume I'm into that. I'm not, but hey, whatever, it doesn't bother me. Um, but especially in, in, in recent times, um, people don't assume the most charitable things about furries, right? So again, to you, you're like, oh, this is my silly little hobby and... You know, this is, you know, uh, friendship and belonging and social supports and yada, yada, yada. Um, but a lot of the public perception, like recent discourse has been furries are maladjusted. Furries are those people who insist that schools have litter boxes. Furries are those people who bark and meow and have lost touch with reality. And and keep in mind, but like it was being said, um, you may think that you're presenting one side of you, but there, there's no guarantee that the people who see your your collar or your furry t-shirt aren't going to interpret you that way. And insofar as you're working for a company, if you're working, you know, if, if, if you're working for some organization, if there's even a chance that you're going to be perceived that way, you're a liability to that company. Um, there's a reason why teachers, furries who are teachers have to be really careful if people assume, oh, aren't furries those people who put on fursuits and try to lure children in them? Um, that that could be enough to get a furry fired from a school uh, just for being a furry, right? So it's important to keep that in mind, how, how you're going to come across. I agree. I agree. And definitely don't allow people to, um, I mean, you. It, it, to some point it's going, it's going to happen, but sometimes it's good if, if somebody does approach you and talk to you about it and, and it goes back to what we were talking about before, just make sure that you give them a pretty thorough answer because they're going to, um, and, and again, you don't have to give them everything, but I think that it's important for you to share, um, you know, what is, what's going on when somebody approaches you, like, for example, let's say a coworker comes up to you and says, what is this? You know, I saw this uh, particular sticker. I've heard about furries. Um, are you a furry? Like, if you go about saying, you know what? Uh, I don't, you know, no type thing. You could. It just depends on your particular situation, maybe. Uh, but I think that overall, it's it's good for you to be upfront and honest and just share and make sure that it's not a big deal. And make your answer very simple, short, and to the point. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, thanks for telling me. And and be judicious in when you do it, right? So it's, you know, if if, if I'm out in public, if I'm out in, in just, I'm walking to the grocery store and someone sees me and assumes the worst about me, 
okay, whatever. This doesn't really, you know, worst case, like I get a weird remark or a comment from someone and that's it, right? That that doesn't have any detrimental effect on my life other than a minor inconvenience. Uh, but if there's a chance that someone's misperception of me could get me fired from my job or get my kids taken away, or I don't have kids, by the way, but yeah, uh, but any of these things. Um, I'll be your kid, Nuka, 100%. <laughs> you already are. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, in, but in these other contexts, right, you have to make that value judgment, right? You have to say, look, is it is it really worth it in this context, like for me to, you know, uh, wear my collar at work? You know, I know what it means. But the, the fact that, you know, if, if it's taken the wrong way, and this could get me fired from my job or something, is that, do I really need to be doing this? And that's a decision you have to make for yourself. It may not be right that people misperceive furries, but we live in a world where you have to be kind of pragmatic sometimes and realize uh, you got to be careful about when and where you decide to to turn it up and, and sh let your furry flag fly. Right. That's a perfect I was uh, that exact thought just went through my head was, you know, in a perfect world. Yes, you could do whatever everybody would be accepting. And that's the way it should be. But the fact of the matter is it's not. There's, you know, the, the majority of society is going to judge you and they're probably going to judge you wrong. So, yeah, you have to you have to gauge, you know, again, read the room. You have to gauge the situation and 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 act accordingly. All right. I'm going to be devil's advocate. Here we go. But but what about these social norms? Like we're just we're just going to abide by these social norms. I'm a furry and I want everybody to know it. And well, that's you know fine. Yeah, yeah. But then Sorry. you have to accept the consequences. I mean, essentially, How, yeah, what it, do you mean? What do you mean by that? Click. Well, it, you know, again, in a perfect world, you should be able to jump on the rooftops and announce that you're a furry and nobody really cares. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's how it should be, but it's not. So if if you're gonna run around and scream at people, I'm a furry, and that's just how I am. That's fine, but you're gonna have situations where that's not gonna work out so well, and you're just gonna have to accept those consequences. And you also might actually find that some of those, some of the other furries, you might not be invited. I know that this <laughs> sounds weird, but you might not be invited to things because in in that particular so social setting. You made them feel uncomfortable. I, I, a really good example of this. Um, we, uh, uh, back when I lived in Waterloo, we used to do a local furry meet. Every other week, we'd go to a restaurant. And we just went to, and it was, it was a furry meetup, technically. We're all furries. But, like, we, you just looking at us at a table, you wouldn't think we were furries. Maybe a couple of t-shirts might give it away. But, like, no one brought suits. I mean, one or two of us might have worn a collar. But, like, we were meeting to go to a restaurant and just hang out with friends. And it would be really uncomfortable. Like, and it's like come up occasionally when we'd have a new furry come into the group and they'd show up at the table and they'd be like whipping out their phone. Hey, let me show you my furry porn commission that I got recently. And hey, you know, hey, how about we get a howl going? And it's like, my dude, like we're we're here trying to have dinner, right? And yes, we're all furries here, but also like none of us wants to deal with the flack of like a restaurant saying maybe you should go or you know none of us really want you know we want to be able to come back to this restaurant and 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 you know uh, make this a regular thing we we you're kind of screwing it up for us right if you're 18 and you don't have a ton of responsibilities uh it's really easy to say well i don't care what people think of me that's great and I, i'm glad that you can be as openly furry as you want to be 
But some people have jobs where they don't want to be outed as a furry or they don't want the association to, to be out there. Of, oh, I hang out with this group of people who, you know, eh, kind of dodgy sometimes. So if you don't have anything to lose, that's great. That's cool for you. And absolutely be as openly furry as you want. But also keep in mind that not everyone is in that same position. Not everyone is, is lucky enough to be able to um, live so consequence free. <laughs> you've, you've got to think about others. I mean, Rue, click, how many times have you had as the venue for meetups had to change because people got a little too out of hand with their furriness? <laughs> a lot. A lot. We worked hard to be able to build rapport with those businesses. And there's been times when, um, like, for instance, me and Click are no longer in, we, we were no longer admins of particular groups. And there are places that we used to be okay with going to, but that business relationship ended up breaking down because, you know, people decided, I don't know, I'm going to bring this example up again because it actually happened to me. Uh, furries were getting up on the table shouting and screaming on the top of the lungs this is who i am accept me and it just caused relationships to to break down there's been a situation where we had um you know uh somebody cut uh, we were at a bowling alley and we were bowling and all of a sudden the manager comes in and says you cannot be suiting here and you, I mean, you need to take off your mask. That's what it was. And that was super uncomfortable because, I mean, we've had those particular relationships in the past where it was okay, but now it wasn't. And, and since then we haven't been able to go back to that particular venue because, you know, people were, uh, you know, being them, their what they say, furry selves, and they use their bad behavior as a, I'm just being myself. And well, they use like, so as an excuse. Yeah, that that kind of runs into you know they have social issues and they use furry as an excuse for their bad behavior. You know, I mean, and that that it is what it is. But it, again, if you're going to jump up on the tables and start screaming and yelling. Being a furry or not, that's, yeah, that's not acceptable. That's, that's not that's not a furry thing. That's just that you're right you're being a little so, wacky. And, and then you're using you're using I'm a furry as an excuse, so that makes us all throws us all in the same in the same group, basically. What what is a little bit frustrating, and maybe I'm getting on a soapbox for a second here, um, but again, it's, it's typically we we mentioned this earlier. Uh, it's typically younger furries, and I'm not trying to be a, a, cr a crotchety old furry complaining about the youngins. I mean, I remember, get off my yard, Luca, I, get I, off my yard. But I remember being early in the fandom, and, the, and I remember in my first few years, I'm like, I want everyone to know that I'm a furry, right? I'm really excited about this. I'm not ashamed about it, and you shouldn't be. That's great. Um, but but again, keep in mind, that's a fairly consequence-free time in your life. Um, but as you uh, get older, right, so your, your perspective changes a little bit. Your, your, your feelings change a little bit. And um, yeah, maybe, maybe with a little bit of context, a little bit of wisdom, you start to realize, uh, maybe there's a time and a place for that. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like, uh, how do you guys feel? Because I feel when you just start in the fandom and you're just brand new, you get a tail and you wear it 
Every oh yeah, I, I did it. I did oh, it for yeah. like the first month. I wore it to to all my grad school classes. I wore that tail. I did it for years. I wore a tail all the time, <laughs> I and I probably that's... still would. It's just it's an inconvenience for me now. <laughs> Do you and... know what this uh, the podcast? What the first episode is called? What? What's with the tails? <laughs> that is so a, how that is the far most that this question. show has came is that was the first episode uh, title. But because we were wearing our tails everywhere, I think that's a pretty normal first. You're the first few times you're a furry. You would you want to do it? You want to be proud about it? And you get a tail and you wear it absolutely everywhere. And it just uh, for me, years have gone by. It's been kind of a lesser thing. It's been just more of an inconvenience to do. And there's I've just kind of gotten to there's a time and place for that. And so I just I don't wear it anymore. And for the record, no one here is begrudging younger for again. I did it when I was younger. It's like a rite of passage. You're young, absolutely go for it. But I guess what's frustrating is when I see younger furries who are like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't give a damn what the fandom thinks about me. I don't care that people think I'm a furry, right? I'm going to do my own thing. And that's great. But you'll also notice that a lot of furries leave the fandom before they hit 30, right? So for a lot of furries, I mean, let's be real, it's sort of transitory. A lot of furries are kind of in here for a few years and then they go off and do something else. But for the rest of us old farts who are, who, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, we're in this for the long haul. You've come in and, you know, been a little bit obnoxious with your furriness and you've left, but we're kind of left picking up the pieces and <laughs> having to deal with the aftermath of this thing that you came in, wore out like a, like a, like a trendy t-shirt and then threw away when you're done with it. Um, so just, I guess, be mindful of the fact that that's how you're going to come across to older furries in the fandom, right? Again, Wear the tail. Be super excited about being furry. Absolutely. But do keep in mind how it's going to come across to others, how it could be interpreted, even if you are you don't intend for it to come across that way. Uh, and be aware, this is why some people might say, hey, maybe maybe tone it down a little bit. Those of us who've been around for 10 or 15 years know this. There are good reasons why you might want to to be judicious about when you choose to do it. We're not trying to bash anyone young. We've just gone through the ringer ourselves, and we just don't want to see you go through the ringer. Right. Well, like I said, you know, it was, it, I hate to keep hammering the same thing, but, you know, specifically the tails thing, I I still would. I, I'm just lazy, <laughs> you know. I, I get annoyed that I have to put pants on every day. I, tail, a tail is just another piece of clothing for me now. You know what I'm hearing? I totally am hearing this. I'm too old to even put pants on. <laughs> it's not necessarily too old. It just, I just, I, it's annoying. <laughs> when and I, I guess it's just to show that I'm not a stodgy old codger who's complaining and shaking my fist at the youngins. Um, I mean, we, we can talk about some of the benefits that come. So there, there are, we've talked about a lot about some of the reasons why you might want to tone it down. But there are also reasons why it's kind of neat to be able to fly it high and, and to be proud sometimes. I say this both as a furry and a brony, right? Back when it was really, un, I mean, it was it was never cool to be a brony. But back, especially when bronies first started, right? It was like, oh God, who are these cringy adult man children going after my little pony characters? And so I can tell you that, you know, from the very beginning, it was a little weird to wear my little pony shirts in public. Um, but there were some benefits that came from it as well, right? Uh, from just a purely psychological perspective, if I want to nerd out for a second, the research shows that people who can live authentically 
are happier, right? Uh, from research on gay mm -hmm. people, they find that if you can be openly gay in the workplace to your family, those people are doing much better in terms of their psychological and physical well-being compared to people who have to keep that shit locked up in the closet. And that's just as true for being furry, for being brony, whatever it is. If you can live authentically in your life, that's good for your well-being. So if you can do it, if you're young enough and there's not a lot of consequence for you, then sure, absolutely wear your furry t-shirt, wear your, your tail, wear whatever you, whatever cringy thing you want. That's perfectly fine, right? Embrace it, love it, live it. Um, as long as you're judicious about, you know, okay, maybe there's sometimes in places when I shouldn't, but the more you can, cool. It's good for you. And, and that's why I think that just going back to the, the metaphor of the furry switch, we're not saying switch it off in certain situations we're it's not, not a saying switch. that it's a dimmer we're just saying a dimmer, turn yes. it down. <laughs> a dimmer yeah it's a dimmer switch and sometimes you have to choose when you turn it down a little bit and sometimes we're there's times where you have to turn it up all the way up and crank it up and be that be be that and i agree with you 100 i i know for myself when i can be my authentic self and be able to be open and share um I am. Um, for myself, I'm a lot happier. Um, you know, at work where I'm currently working, you know, everybody knows that I'm that I'm gay and that I'm I have a fiance, and you know, that's um, while other positions, I wasn't um, open about that, and I, you know, it it wasn't I wasn't as happy because I didn't feel like that they truly knew who I was. So I see where you're coming from, Nuka. You know, an another benefit for me anyways, I, I am a self-proclaimed attention whore. <laughs> <laughs> Self-diagnosed. You know, so, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's can be conceived as a benefit or a detriment really, but it, it just the attention, right? Mm -hmm. When I wore a tail all the time, we, used, you know, I'd go to the grocery store. All the, no shortage everything, of attention. I was always wearing it. Yeah, and you, you constantly, you're either, you either get people looking at you, which you know, you get the side eye thing, which for me is funny, um, you know, or people will just outright ask or say something, and you, you know, you, you have to be prepared for the questions, um, you know, and and be cordial about it, but. Yeah, the you know for me a, a benefit is is just the attention. It's it's exhilarating. <laughs> you know, I, don't know. I, had, I just think it's funny. I love it. I had a situation exactly what you're talking about. I went into, I I, I was looking for some hair products. We were gonna dye my hair, and um, we went out to to the checkout stand, and this this gal like looked directly into my eyes and said. I know what you're into. And I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, first of all. And then she pointed to my shirt and I looked down and it was this, it was a bad dragon uh, shirt. <laughs> and immediately <laughs> I turned to her and I said, well, I know what you're into. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she, she turned bright red because I threw it right back on her. And we had this connection. We had this conversation without having a conversation. So going back to what Nuka was saying about going around wearing his brony t-shirt, that's also a benefit of, of, you know, being that open about it is that you're able to find 
other yep. bronies that particular way or other yeah. furries you that find, you find never knew. Like, for example, I went to the fish store the other day and uh, there was a there was a furry that uh, there was a person that was there that came up to me and saw a, a pin that I had on my bag and automatically identified me as furry. Um, and only a furry would have known that that was actually a, a furry pin. Furry thing, yeah. And then I was able to to communicate with him, talk to him about the local convention or the local activities because he didn't know anything about what we had locally. Um, so yeah, you, you know, being able to to wear those particular things, the bonus of it is you know those hidden furries all of a sudden start coming out of the woodwork. Well, I have another. It's it's actually a really fun example. And it sticks out for some reason, but we went to a grocery store and I had a tail and it was winter time. So I have, I have a couple beanies with ears and I was wearing the hat with ears and a tail. And I, I heard a, a little girl and she yelled out kitty. And I swear it was the voice actor from monsters Inc. It sounded exactly <laughs> like boo from monsters Inc. I just heard Kitty. <laughs> she was just, you know, it's just a cute little example, you know, and, and that's kind of the things that can happen. Well, know? I really liked uh, uh, Rue's um, covert example. The Bad Dragon example was a really good one and, and something I wanted to kind of mention as well. Uh, to all the furries who are like, well, I want to I wanna be furry. I want to be authentically furry, but I also want to fly under the radar just a bit. And as it turns out, especially if you talk to older furries, um, there are lots of ways to covertly be furry, to be furry, but fly under the radar a bit. Yeah, and right. t-shirts are a really good example of that. Uh, I did it with the, with the brony fandom for years, right? My favorite thing to do was to wear a shirt that only bronies would understand. It would have some slogan or some icon or some little, you know, uh, little thing that only bronies would understand and no one else would understand. So it's like 20% cooler, right? right? And it's like, the person who doesn't watch my little point like i don't know what that means right but another brony would walk on like my man right and suddenly <laughs> we have this little moment of like we know something about each other we have an in and we can talk to each other now but it didn't trip any alarms it didn't no one would know just by looking at it that that was a furry shirt i think that happens mostly with like convention shirts mm-hmm. right? yes. con shirts it's a big one well sometimes um you know some of them are really covert some of them are more blatant um you know, one one good covert example is the MFF 2015 shirt because it just says MFF in giant block letters, and then there's a little furry picture with a speech bubble that says 2015. And you wear that shirt, and a couple of times I've gotten the, well, what does MFF mean? You know, versus you've got a con shirt that has a huge furry picture and the name of the convention and the year of the convention, and it's kind of, well, it's pretty self-explanatory you know when i'm when i'm working everybody at um that comes into my cubicle they they're like why do you have so many foxes in your office <laughs> and i'm just like i love foxes plausible they're great. deniability I, yeah i just right. you know foxes. i i i actually have a coworker that every she's she's kind of a photographer and she takes pictures of these wild foxes all the times all the time and i just I just have this like gigantic stack of, of Fox photos and I don't have anything to do with it, do, do with them. So I just put them all over my cubicle. And so people are always asking me about the, these foxes and 
I just um, think they're kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, right. that's what I usually share. Is just like I like boxes, you know, and I don't go into detail with them because I you don't I have think to. That it's one of those things. It's it's a need to know basis, and they. Right. Need to know. Well, you so. gave them enough to scratch that itch. People are natural psychologists, right? So they see that. They say, here's a weird behavior. And you got to give them just enough to, to, to okay, to that, that makes sense. That passes the smell test, right? Okay. Yeah, you, you have to placate them enough to they'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, covert, you know, a, a, a good point about being covert, you know, we keep bringing up Bad Dragon. But they, they're, they're, they're ingenious in their marketing because the bad dragon sticker is, is definitely one of those. If you know, you know, but if you don't know, you have no idea and you won't, you know what I mean? You can see a bad dragon sticker. And if you don't know, you won't give it a second thought, but if you know, you know, and there's something kind of cheeky and, and, and it makes you look like like a secret agent, like subterfuge, where you're like going around <laughs> wearing this bad dragon sticker. Again, pick your favorite one for me. I used to get a thrill out of wearing my little pony shirts. I'm like, I'm wearing a My Little Pony shirt, and no one even realizes Nobody it. knows. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, hey, Click. Do yes. you like leashes? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, no, not really, we need but to I'll go say to break yes. Again. I need to drag us to break. <laughs> do you, though, but do you really? Can I can I use the same segue twice? No, no. that's bad. Por- that's bad. Bad form. <sighs> Ah, fine, Jeez, come on, fine. Rue. Come up with something new. You're better than you, have, ah. you wrote a bad <laughs> podcast, Petey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back in just a few. Hey, Rue, do you like leashes? Yeah, I actually do. That's great. We're back. (laughs) I appreciate you him dragging him back. (laughs) All right. So uh, I think it's time for final thoughts on this topic. And I will throw it to Click. Yay. Um, You know, overall, just be who you are. But. You know, you you've got to be tactful about it. Honestly, um, you know, I hate to stifle anybody for for being who they really want to be. Because, like I said, in a perfect world, that's exactly who you should be. But we don't live in a perfect world, so you kind of have to, you know, have to play the game. I'm and, just gonna uh, say, be you, be yourself, one hundred percent. Be yourself. And I'm going to say what Click basically said is that just make sure that you're in control of that volume and don't let other people control that volume for you and make sure that you're, um, yeah, just make sure that you're in control of that volume and turn it down once in a while or turn it up depending on your situation. Just make sure that just like 
how the the email said just make sure that you um you read the room boss i'm gonna go along and just continue with it be yourself be unabashedly unequivocally furry all the time with the one caveat only do it when it's an appropriate place or time do it all the time just not every time yeah nuka what do you think sorry (laughs) (laughs) um we're gonna just leave you hanging (laughs) yes as as well you should no um uh, i really i'm actually surprised we didn't get around to this halloween oh my god halloween um if you want to test the waters halloween is the perfect time to covertly go furry because that's when you get to just just 100 flamboyantly flurry a flurry Furry. <laughs> flurry. flurry. I like flurries. They're, yes. they're pretty good. A um, flurry of furries. <laughs> but yeah, I, go, I, mean, I mean, test the waters, right? So I used to do that when I would go to a new school, right? Like when I would go to, to a new university, um, I wouldn't mention that I had a fursuit until Halloween. And that's when I'd bust it out and I would gauge the reaction, right? And if it got some chuckles and people kind of laughed. And so that was amazing. You'd be surprised how they would say things like, hey, you should, you know, that suit that you had, you still have that kicking around? I'm like, oh, I think I could dig it out, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, you should bring that to the, the 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 department's event next month. That'd be funny. And so you can get, and then people are like, that's really weird. Don't wear that again. Then at least you know, but you, you can kind of covertly shuffle it back under the, the rug as, oh, it's just a goofy Halloween thing I did. It's a good, good way to get your foot in the door for people yeah. who actually accept it. Test the waters. Yeah. Hey there, folks. Nuka here, heading with a little bit of housekeeping for For What It's Worth. Uh, first of all, remember that For What It's Worth would not be possible without the support, feedback, and interaction of listeners like you in our wonderful fan community. You can check out all of our past episodes, plus learn more about the show, its host, and what's coming up next on the show on our website, forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at For What It's Worth, no spaces. Uh, to get updates on upcoming episodes, to hear latest news about the show, or to get some opportunities to contribute to upcoming episodes. You can also join our Telegram channel, where we regularly chat about uh, the upcoming show episodes and random topics, and just an opportunity to chat with our friend, uh, chat with our fans. Uh, if you want to be on the Telegram channel, just contact Rue at WineRedFox on Telegram, all one word, uh, and you'll get added to the Telegram channel. Note that you have to be 18 years of age or older to join the Telegram group. If you want to send us an email uh, or contribute to the mailbag or just get in touch with us in any way, the easiest way to do that is with our email, uh, cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Or you can email any of the specific cast members by just putting their name. So for me, it would be nuka at forwhatitsworth.com. Or for Rue, it would be rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, if you want to send us an audio file to be played instead of an email, or if you want to uh, contribute to the idents that play throughout the show, uh, you can upload a recording to us directly through SpeakPipe. That's speakpipe.com slash FWIW. So you can put a little recording on there and we can use your voice rather than trying to uh, read it in our own tired voices. Uh, finally, the best way you can help out the show directly is by sharing it with your friends. Our audience grows every episode through word of mouth. So uh, if you like this episode, or if you think you know someone who might be interested in this or any other episodes, uh, let them know where to find us. Well, on that, let's get into the mailbag. And with that, we're done the mailbag. The mailbag (laughs) is now done. (laughs) 
the, the and the reason it, why that it's done is because there's no letters inside. So I, I do have to time, really, it, really express thanks to Fox Espresso, though. Thank you for writing yes. the email into the episode. It helped kick off kick off the entire episode and our discussion. It was fantastic. So yes, we, please. We couldn't have done this without you. So thank you. Yeah. So please send those letters. We we love being able to build episodes around them. We love the feedback. Uh, it makes us feel like a dialogue, not just us talking into the void. Well, on that note, this has been Rue. I'm Nuka. And Click. And Voss. And this has been... For For What It's Worth. worth. All right, do you like (laughs) leashes? I love leashes. I think that they're great.